One of the first things I did when I came on to Anne Arundel County is I wanted to make sure that we were up to date and very user friendly uh, because we not only want to serve the generations who have been using our transit, but also better serve those generations coming up starting to use transit. And having that technological capability to really promote our transit out there to others is really important to me. This is Transit Unplugged. I'm Paul Comfort. Great to be with you on another edition of the world's leading transit executive podcast, Transit Unplugged In-Depth This Week with Sam Sneed. He's director of the Anne Arundel County Department of Transportation here in my home state of Maryland. On Transit Unplugged, we like to cover midsize and smaller systems as well as the larger systems. And that's what we do today, talking about the structure of how county governments, there's over 3,000 of them here in the United States, sometimes directly operate public transit systems. And we talk about the issues that midsize systems are dealing with right now, such as improving their bus stop designs, adding in new routes and websites and mobile apps, improving customer experience through things like going to solar lit bus stops, looking at their bus shelters around the system, and also moving towards zero emission buses. We cover all that on this edition and this in-depth interview with my friend, Sam Sneed. Thanks for being with us today on this in-depth episode of Transit Unplugged. Today, I'm excited to have with us our friend, Sam Sneed. He is Director of Transportation for the Office of Transportation in Anne Arundel County, Maryland, which is where the city of Annapolis is. Sam, thanks so much for joining us today on the Transit Unplugged podcast. Oh, thank you for having me today, Paul. I appreciate it. Good to have a fellow Marylander on. Now and then we got to come back to home base and get some of these folks on the air. Sam, tell us a little bit about what you do there and your operation. So the Office of Transportation structured into two divisions. One is really capital projects and planning, and the other is transit operations. So for capital projects and planning, We typically deal with long-range plans like our transportation functional master plan, which we call Move Anne Arundel, Um, also our bike and ped plan, our Vision Zero plan, and our transit development plan. But we also interact heavily with DPW. That's our project implementer. So if we planned a road, let's say, and they come up with the uh, design contract, design build contract, DPW would take over from there and build it out. The same would go for any type of bike path or even a transit operations facility or multimodal center. We would plan it and then we would move it to design build in the DPW department. For transit operations, we have a different type of structure. We have a contract with First Transit but I also have staffers who work in transit operations. I have an operations manager and a lead administrator, and they work with about 50 to 60 bus drivers and one manager from First Transit. And then we also have a a DBE called My City. It's a subcontractor of First Transit. So they operate 14 transit lines for us, and they operate those for on-demand as well and for paratransit and elderly. So we have a pretty diverse set of responsibilities in our department, and uh, we provide a lot of service for the county's residents, those who need transit. That's great. How long have you been in this position? I've been here six months, and my experience 
bands back just about 20 years, starting, starting in Rhode Island as an intern. So at the city of Providence. So it's been quite the move back and forth. I've worked all around the country. I don't know if, if you want me to go into where I've worked before I came here. Yeah, let's do the, at least the last few jobs when I was familiar with the work you've done in counties. And, and then I want to talk some about uh, the structure of transit organizations and how really how you all are structured is a great story about how things maneuver and change over time and all that. So, but first, give us a little bit of background on yourself and what you did prior to coming here. Sure. So the majority of my experience was at the federal level where I work for FTA. I managed multiple discretionary programs, including bus and bus facilities, low no, also worked on tribal programs. And then I worked on the Tiger program, which evolved into build and now it's currently raise. I also worked at Los Angeles Metro and I was a consultant as well at iTerris Inc. And I worked in Boston at Boston's MPO. So a pretty diverse set of experiences. And before I came on here at Anne Arundel County, I was the head planner for Baltimore County, where we started our first circulator service for that county in many years. I think it's been almost 40. I was able to secure a grant from FTA, purchased 25 buses, and we implemented the service, which is still running now, before I departed and took the opportunity at Anne County. That's great. So tell us about some of the history. Many of the people who listen to our program work in the public transit industry. So they're interested in what I call, you know, the nuts and bolts or the inside baseball talk about agencies. And I always like to spend a little bit of time talking about how the agency is structured, how it's funded, the board, those kind of things. Many people know that public transit agencies across the country have have you know, changed in shape, right? So just was doing a talk this week, I think for Leadership Louisville or someone and was talking about the history of public transportation and how really early on public transit agencies were most often utility companies, the electric companies in cities, because they had the street wires over the cities that were the catenary wires. And so the streetcars that came in would run on those. And then in the 1950s really was the heyday of public transportation when all the guys came back from the war. But as people got more into traveling by car in the 70s, by that time, most transit agencies couldn't make a profit anymore. Transit companies couldn't make a profit anymore. So they either went bankrupt, like in Baltimore City, or they sold their assets to the city or state governments or county governments, and they pick them up. In some places down in the South, there's still a few cities. I think it's South Carolina. I'm familiar with one that is still run by the utility company. But uh, even in the last decade or two, transit agencies have changed and morphed in the structure. I remember when I was at the MTA as CEO, we were helping to fund through our statewide assistance programs, our office of lots, locally operated transit services. We gave $100 million out to the various uh, counties in Maryland, there's 23 jurisdictions and everybody has their own bus system of some type, plus there's some small cities that have their own, you know, like Salisbury, Annapolis, et cetera, and all these counties had systems. And Anne Arundel and Howard, and maybe you can tell us a little about it. You probably know more about it than I do. I've kind of forgotten about it, uh, all the details, but they formed a regional plan, a regional transit system, and they built their garage on the same spot I used to manage for yellow transportation in Savage, Maryland. That was my garage. I had 10 contracts. I worked for Mark Joseph, yellow transportation, and they evidently bought that and you know tore it down and built a brand new, beautiful building. I remember going there with the county executives of Howard County, Anamondo County at the time, and we cut a ribbon on it. Uh, so what's happened since then, Sam? Fill us in. 
Well, it's a pretty interesting story and a positive story for development of transit in Anne Arundel County. RTA was structured in a way where they manage multiple bus lines for both Prince George's County and Anne Arundel County. And of right, course, RTA was, what was that, what that stand for? That was the regional something, Transportation Authority? Regional Transportation Authority was really supposed to grow into the Regional Transportation Authority for uh, Central Maryland. Okay. Uh, there are several counties within the Baltimore region that comprise the Baltimore Regional Transportation Board. And the RTA operated lines for PG and Anne Arundel County, but that's been pared back significantly. PG has their, or Prince George's has their own um, system that they operate presently. And Anne Arundel County ended up taking over all of the lines within the county, leaving just one that's still operated by the RTA. They also ended up assuming any lines that cross border from city of Annapolis. So as of now, we operate 14 lines, and then we also operate paratransit elderly service. And we have a South County call and ride, which is essentially what they call microtransit now. But a call and ride is a structure where we have several buses within South County strategically placed in three zones. And people can be transported in between zones based on a call request. And we're adapting that technology to actually be moved into a rider app as well. So we maintain the call line, but also have a rider app option. And we're hoping to expand that to our paratransit elderly as well. So it all started here at Anne Arundel as essentially just paratransit elderly service, which is ran under aging. And then they started an office of transportation as part of their transportation functional master plan and really started to build themselves into a transit uh, agency from there. Still holding on to their planning uh, component, though. Does RTA still operate from that same building or did they move out of there since they're only running one line? Well, they still operate all of the lines for Howard County. Oh, OK. Um, I believe they have Howard Air Transit. 13 or so. Okay. Um, and they have one line for PG County. So it's a pretty robust facility. Uh, okay. I visited. They have two maintenance bays and a bus wash bay, several offices, and they have charging infrastructure for their electric buses on site. So it's pretty well utilized. Oh, that's good. It's a great facility. I remember it. So where do you operate from? So we are operating from a couple different locations. We have one office near Cromwell Station, and that's our office of operations, which houses about 30 plus vehicles, depending on the day and the need. And then we have our Riva Road location in Annapolis, where we house about 10 vehicles, just because they're closer to the South County on-demand zones and some of our other elderly and paratransit planned trips. So in our bigger facility, that's where we house all of our dispatchers and where the drivers come each day to pick their vehicles up. That's good. And so you're operated directly by county government. You're a county employee and you work for the county executive. That, is that how you're structured now? Yes, that's correct. So I'm the director and then I have a transit administrator and an operations manager who report to me and they have a contract that was selected with First Transit. 
And it's purely an O contract, which is a certain amount of dispatchers and and 50 to 60 bus drivers, depending on the hiring situation. It is a situation where, you know, I prefer to have an OMM contract, which is operations maintenance management, but we presently are you know, moving our vehicles fairly well with the current structure as it is. And it's also a lower cost to the county. So who does maintenance? So our central services offices do the maintenance on our vehicles and we'll take them to their garage. So the county government garages. That's correct. Okay. I gotcha. And how are you funded, Sam, overall? Is it a combination of like Fairbox plus county plus state aid plus some federal aid? So that's one of the great stories I'd like to tell as we move on through this interview. We're currently fare-free and we've been so since about 2020 spring, primarily due to the pandemic, just to get our ridership levels back up, but then we maintained it moving forward. So our funding structure is actually comprised of LOTS funding, as you mentioned, which is essentially federal formula funding parsed out by the MTA to smaller operators. And then a large chunk of it also comes from the county government. It's approved as part of our annual budgeting process. As of late, we still have a large amount of dollars we're drawing down from CARES 1 and CARES 2, as well as ARPA money. So we have a a fair amount of federal money right now due to the pandemic aid that's been provided by the federal government. That's great. Tell us some about some of the innovations. I know as a midsize agency, you've been able to do, I think, some fascinating things. Tell us about some of the upcoming innovations you have in progress. Sure. One of the first things I did when I came on to Anne Arundel County is I wanted to make sure that we were up to date and very user-friendly because we not only want to serve the generations who have been using our transit, but also better serve those generations coming up starting to use transit. And having that technological capability to really promote our transit out there to others is really important to me. So what we did was we developed a new web page and we didn't have a system map because obviously we were a conglomeration of a bunch of different routes, right? So what we ended up doing was building out our system map, but also taking that map and putting it onto our new transit app. And we paid for the Enhanced Transit Royale service. So any customer within Anne Arundel County utilizing Transit app has access to the upgraded Transit Royale service where they can see all of the different types of public transit lines uh, they can use to get from place to place. As part of that, we also updated our Google features. We now are available on Google Maps, which took a couple years of development and it really helped that we onboarded and hired a GIS planner in the last few months to finalize that process. We were at a, a, a holding point for uh, some time, but he was able to develop a GTFS feed and not to get geeked out with map stuff, but uh, that's a really important component, that static feed, which feeds both Google Maps and Transit app. And we're really looking forward to making a live feed with uh, another partner we're hoping to finalize a contract with in the near future. Other than that, we decided to do a system-wide overhaul of our signs. Our bus stop signs essentially said bus stop on them. Yeah. And, and Anne Arundel County logo. So I felt like we needed to get up to speed. We use MTA's bus stop 
guide, as a model. And we end up developing our own style sign where we have our logo. We also have the map of coverage for that line. And we have a QR code and a phone number. Oh, that's good. So the QR code takes them right to the website where they can download the app and um, see when the next bus will arrive, or they can call us from that sign. So it's a definite upgrade. And our county executive had the opportunity to take a tour on a bus and actually use the QR code in one of our community engagement meetings. And he was really impressed by all the changes we've been making. In fact, just last week, we took him out to a Glen Burnie location um, on our most popular line, the 201 line. And uh, we get the opportunity to show him a solar lit bus stop. So it was a pretty low lit location, but there was an MTA stop adjacent to one of our stops. And what we ended up doing was building out, uh, contracting a pilot program where we built out a couple different solar locations, and this is one of them. And it's pretty low-lit location, so both drivers uh, would have a difficulty seeing the passenger, and the passenger wouldn't have really a well-lit location to stand. And it provides a lot of visibility, and we had a, a small ribbon cutting for that as well. So we're trying to do a lot of things where we're being not only committed to innovation and change and creating situations where people have a more convenient experience with transit, but also creating that resiliency. So you're not as reliant on necessarily a BGE to provide the power for the structures at each of these transit stop locations. That's great. Anything else you got big going on like that? So as part of this new technology frontier, we are going to be in two pilots. One is for the development of an on-demand rider app. We have multiple lines that don't act in the normal way of a fixed route transit line. For example, one of our top five popular lines, and it has moved into the top three in the past few months, is the Brooklyn Park line. And we allow users to request pickup at least up to a half mile off route. So it really provides them with some flexibility so they don't have to walk as far to the bus stop locations. And they can do that um, prior to pickup, which is a real advantage. We have our South County on demand, which allows anyone 18 plus to essentially schedule a trip within that South County zone. Otherwise, it'd be a real transit desert. And it does take them also to our yellow line, which can bring them to our larger network of lines. One of the bigger things that we started when I came on was extending the Gold Ritchie Highway. Our gold line stopped at Anne Arundel Community College. And I with the president of the college when I first came on and she said, you know, we just built another satellite campus in Glen Burnie and there's a lack of connectivity for students. We do have one MTA line running, but it doesn't run along the whole of Ritchie Highway. It bears off path onto BNA Boulevard. So this line really connects um, the two college locations, but also connects Northern Anne Arundel County to Southern Anne Arundel County. And of course, if you transfer at Parole Transit Center, you can get to the city of Annapolis. So it's really tried that north-south connectivity for our county that wasn't there. And we started a new Crofton Express service, which runs from Watchapel through Crofton with a few stops and then goes directly to Westfield. 
And this is all part of a bigger plan, which is the Parole Transit Center. We have money dedicated in our CIP budget, and we are currently in the design phases for a multimodal transit center that'll not only house Anne Arundel County routes, but also MTA routes and city of Annapolis routes. And it's being future-proofed just in case we build out for more regional type buses that can visit the site like a Greyhound or Peter Pan. Awesome, Sam. And how are you doing on ridership now that we're kind of coming out of the pandemic? The ridership's always the, the most fun question for a uh, person in leadership and transit <laughs> because it fluctuates greatly. But um, I can give you pretty direct answers because we've had some fairly uh, good success as of late. When the pandemic hit, our ridership dropped severely. This is before I obviously was uh, on board, but you know every transit system was affected in that way at that point in time. Since around April of 2020 until this point in time, our ridership has actually bounced back up 375% from that time frame. Between January and April of this year, it's been a 39% increase. And I attribute that to a number of things. One is that people are starting to get back to work. The pandemic mask rules came off pretty recently. And I think there's more of a level of comfort for the traveling public. But also, I think a lot of our innovations and additions of our line extensions provide mobility points where there just weren't in the past. And we're seeing a large growth in the line where we added flexibility and we added length. And I think that's made a big difference in the ridership numbers. Now, as we move further here, we'll see how that goes moving forward. Where are you at as compared to pre-pandemic, a percentage of the trips? In other words, if you were at 100,000 a day, now you're at 80,000, that would be 80%. So where would you say you are now versus pre-pandemic on daily ridership, weekday ridership? So in terms of pre-pandemic, we are above our April level for where we were in April pre-pandemic. So I'm good. we keep going on that trend as we move into the months, because I like to compare month from the year. Yeah, sure. Month from the year, because you know how transit pretty drastically due to weather and time of year. That's great. Anything else you want to give us here uh, at the end about what you've got coming up in the future? Well, we really want to engage with our transportation functional master. Development of our local routes is really important to us because they do feed those larger regional routes of the mark, as you know, the light rail, but also further developing regional partnerships where we can extend ourselves into regional rail in the D.C. and Baltimore area. Uh, our goals of mine in the future, partnering with MTA to further develop our transit-oriented developments. We just recently submitted a CTP letter, which outlined our goals for regional connectivity, transit-oriented development growth, and we highlighted the Odenton location. We're building a brand new garage so that we can build out TOD further in that area and really take away the parking lot desert and put development at that location. We also have high hopes for the Cromwell light rail station, and we're starting the TOD designation process for that station as well. Um, We're hopeful to develop Laurel Park and Dorsey Road in the future as well. These TOD type developments are big feeders for a system, 
and really concentrating growth in those areas will feed our lines better and increasing the frequency of our local lines as time moves forward is a big goal of ours as well. But one of the biggest changes I think is converting over to that ZEB or um, zero emissions bus goal. It's not a requirement of lots, but we did develop a ZEB plan. I affectionately call it a ZEB head plan because it's a combination of hybrid electric and zero emissions buses moving forward over the next decade or so for our county, which was recognized by FTA recently as a model example, because we did receive a $5 million earmark through the BIL legislation. Our hope is to purchase several hybrid buses and several electric buses and build out the infrastructure associated with it. And that is a short-term and long, long-term goal of really transitioning our system over from reliance on gas. Right now, we have about 45 buses, and my hope is that over the next 10 years, we'll have converted all of them to either hybrid electric or zero emission buses. It's great. Sam Sneed, thanks so much for being our guest today on Transit Unplug. We wish you the very best as you continue to innovate in Anne Arundel County and Central Maryland. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Transit Unplugged In-Depth with our guest, Sam Sneed. Next week on Transit Unplugged News and Views, Paul will be talking to Sam Morrissey, Executive Director of Urban Movement Labs in L.A. And don't forget to stop by transitunplugged.com and sign up for our email newsletter so you're the first to know when a new episode comes out or if we have any exciting new announcements. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on Transit Unplugged, feel free to email us anytime at info at So until next week, ride safe and ride happy.